Hi, everyone. Welcome to Discussions on Concussions podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and I'm very excited for today's guest. We have Leah joining us today. We met through Instagram, and I can't wait for her to share her story. Take it away, Leah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rachel. Uh, So hi, everyone. My name is Leah, uh, and I'm going to talk about my recent concussion that I had that I'm currently still on. So it's been about a year and a half at this point. Uh, Just a little background on myself because it is a bit interesting. Um, I'm actually a physiotherapist and I have specialized training in pediatrics and public health and also just neurology in general. Um, But with that said, I really didn't know that much about concussions until I got my injury, which has taken me on this journey over the last year and a half. And so unlike others, this is actually the only concussion that's been diagnosed as a concussion. With Mm. that said, you know, 10 years ago, concussions wasn't what it is today. And so looking back, I'm actually quite confident that I had many. Um, They just were never diagnosed really at that time because it wasn't the same as it is now. Um, And so it happened July of 2019. I was actually working. And um, the interesting thing is a lot of times people think of concussions as like a car accident where you lose consciousness Mm -hmm. and it's this really big accident. Um, But I'm kind of one of those debunking myths. That's not actually the case. And so mine was a simple hit to the back of the head. I was actually bent down in a squatted position cleaning a walker. And as I stood up... I hit the base of my head at the bottom of a cabinet door that was left open. And so it was one of those things that my neck took all of the impact as I stood up and I was in the middle of my work day and it was a really busy day. And I'm a very go, go, go person. I worked six days a week. I exercised, I danced. I was just like a lot. And I was like, Oh, I don't feel well. Like, I have a really bad headache and I was never someone that had headaches, never someone that really knew much about concussions, as I mentioned. And I was kind of like, okay, this is weird. There's some ringing in my ear. I feel off. Like you always hear like you just don't feel right. And honestly, for lack of a better term, that's what it felt like. But I worked on it. I did that for three days because I just need to push. I just, it'll get better. And I was sleeping a lot. I wasn't feeling right. And then I couldn't sleep. And then I just started crying all the time. And I was like, something's wrong. Like I, I didn't know, I didn't understand what was happening, but if something was really not working well, and there was a tipping point where I was working with a client. So as I said, I went pediatric physio and it was this little four-year-old girl and she was just like screaming and, you know, didn't want to do exercise. And I was like, oh my God, like I, I cannot do this. Like I'm going to throw up, like something's wrong. And so I left work that day and I went to my family doctor and she said, yep, you have a mild brain injury. That's a concussion. Just stay off for the weekend and things should get better. And um, that transpired over weeks to months to now over a year. Um, the first three months were horrible. Um, and uh, I was, you know, that textbook picture perfect in a dark room by myself, not able to tolerate talking, speaking to anyone, not couldn't be on my phone, couldn't watch TV. I literally just had to lie down in a room. And it was horrible. I felt so lonely. I had never been depressed and I was crying all the time. I had all the symptoms, physical, emotional, psychological, everything that you could think of. And things just over those first three months were quite brutal. And I think one of the hardest things during that period of time was that invisible illness. 
where no one really knows what's happening. And to the average eye, you look fine. You're a young female. Like, what's wrong with you? Just push. Mm -hmm. It's just a headache. But it's not just that easy. It's actually very complex. And so through my journey, I... Being a, a healthcare practitioner, I was learning how to navigate the system as an adult with a concussion, and it was a very difficult process. And so that invisible illness is one big piece, and that isolation and feeling like you're alone. And so that's what brought me to the podcast, actually, was because uh, I used my social Insta- my Instagram and my social media at the beginning of my recovery to start journaling because I felt like it was just me. And when I started Mm -hmm. posting, I had so many people reaching out to me and I realized that like, I'm not alone and there's so many others and hearing stories of recovery and, you know, that things get better and it's not just you. There's a big group of us. It was Mm -hmm. a bit empowering and helpful to know that, okay, I'm not just that one person and I'm never going to get better because you will get better. And it's just the rate at which you get better is different for everyone. And they're so unique and every concussion is different. I'm sure you've heard with everyone you've talked to. And so mm-hmm. I think that's so important. And sometimes we lose that thought. And even with clinicians, the research and what's been said about concussions has changed dramatically. So 10 years ago, you were supposed to rest in a dark room, where now the most recent literature says that's actually not good for you. After 48 hours to the first few days, you're actually supposed to start to gradually return to your duties, whether that's school or work or sport or whatever that is, to whatever the healthcare professional thinks is appropriate at that time. But that gradual Mm -hmm. progression is actually important earlier on versus delaying it. But I didn't know that. And I'm a physiotherapist. And it took me forever to figure that out. And so I'm like, if that's me, I can only imagine all these other people who have, you know, the same problem. And so, yeah, I could go on talking about that forever, (laughs) really. But I think one of the biggest pieces over my recovery is that I've had numerous different healthcare professionals help me along my road. And Mm -hmm. it's so multifactorial. And there's not one thing that's going to, one person that's going to help you. And it's not one thing. Everyone is different. And I found that I saw, uh, I don't know, it's probably over 10 people, really, over the year and uh, each person has helped me in different ways and I've learned so many different lessons with each person um, and how to really navigate your PCS journey because it's really that Mm -hmm. post-concussion syndrome and even that terminology is changing but you know it they say that 70% get better within a month and then there's that 20 to 30% that don't and they don't even fully know why yet but they know that that is the case and that can take a very long time to years And so, um, yeah, it's been a very long journey and, you know, it's finding that new normal because it's slow, it's different Mm -hmm. and learning how to change and adapt because it's dynamic. I find what I could do a month ago to what I can do today is so different. And today I might be able to do A, B, and C, and D, but tomorrow I only be able to do A and B. And so it's about also that energy conservation and learning how much Mm -hmm. do I push And how much can I? And the amount that you can also changes because you're kind of improving and growing. And so, yeah, lots of different (laughs) lessons that I've learned. But it's been um, a long process. I'm not done. Um, My most recent thing is I actually just graduated from driving rehab. So I can finally drive on my own and go from wherever I want. So that independence is amazing. Um, But there's still a long way for me to go. 
there's a lot of steps and I'm, I'm so glad that you're here today sharing your story because I think it's, it's really important for people to hear that, okay, this girl's first diagnosed concussion happened a year and a half ago. She still has symptoms and it wasn't from sports. It wasn't from a car accident. It was from an unfortunate knock of the head yep. that could happen to anyone. And that's why I love creating the sense of community and being a part of it because I, I've seen now so many other organizations and people out there on, on Instagram and stuff like sharing their stories. And I want to center that because I think it's really important for people to be like, oh, this could just happen to me tomorrow. It's not just some unfortunate person like me. I'm, I'm on my sixth one I'm still in recovery. And so when you know, people hear about it, they go, oh, yeah, Rachel, she's she's got concussions. It's like, yeah, yeah but that could happen to you tomorrow. Like, not to scare people, <laughs> of course, you right. don't want to live in fear, but it it can happen to anyone. Right. So I think I think it's really great that you're able to to share that. And um, I'm, I'm so sorry, you're still dealing with symptoms. I totally feel that pain. And I'm still experiencing a lot to this day. And it's almost been three years yeah. um, this coming month in November. And I think that's what took the most toll on me this time is that my fifth concussion, I think it was like a year and a half of recovery, um, maybe a little bit more, but it it was a much better progression. So when this concussion came, <laughs> number six, and it wasn't getting better, and then at times it was getting worse and then worse, I was just like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, now it's been three years. What? And that's when severe depression and severe anxiety layered on throughout the past three years mm -hmm. because it's true. It's as he said, it's, it's this new normal that you have to navigate and you, you want to be your normal self. You want to do a bunch of different things. And it seems like we're both go-getters. So yeah. it's like, you know, we, we want to be like, Oh, I'm going to do all of this today. And then you do like maybe one or two things and you find yourself exhausted, but you're just so mentally frustrated because you want to keep going. And that, that can be the worst. So it's a big learning curve to be like, okay, I will do this and then I will stop and pace myself and I'll, I'll go to something else. And I think that's one piece of advice my occupational therapist <laughs> gave me that I love is that she's like, even if you need to switch from doing something like cognitive, thinking on a computer and, and doing some work to more physical where you're just like tidying up a little piece of the room and you're not on a screen, you're not thinking. Mm -hmm. It's be like, oh, I'm going to Windex the mirror in the bathroom. So it's it's that weird balance that you wouldn't think you'd have to think of. And I'm now like tracking how many activity points I use in a day. And I remember being with with my my friends recently and like saying like, oh, I, I feel like I've kind of pushed myself and done too much. I need to pace. And they're just like, what? And I'm like, basically, it's like Weight Watchers. But for, <laughs> for like brain activity, yeah. and I have to do that. <laughs> so they're like, okay. <laughs> 
So, and it's true what you said too, like it takes a team. There's not just one doctor that you just go to once a month and it's great. It's like you can be a chiropractor, a physiotherapist, a massage therapist, a occupational therapist, a therapist, therapist, like so many people. And I, it's so funny. Like sometimes I just want to like make them all t-shirts and be like, you're on my team. Thanks. Like, gold star. Yeah. Like, ooh, the team I recruited. Because <laughs> they're just awesome people. And it's really neat to see that, you know, yourself as a health practitioner, that you you have that also knowledge. I know you work with, with mainly children, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still really neat for you to have kind of those both perspectives of, like, patient right. and, and somebody being actually, like, caring for someone. So that's really neat. No, for sure. It's um, everything you said. I'm just like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And I feel like, you know, every time you talk to someone else who's also on their own journey, it's just that sense of like, like it just reassuring that like, oh my God, there's others that are just like you and like get it because my friends and family as supportive as they are, sometimes I'll talk about like, I can't, like I'm I'm just so crashed. Like I can't do anything and fatigue mm-hmm. is actually like my number one symptom that I still deal with. Um, and it's so funny, like that you talking to your friends and trying to explain it because it's so true. Um, and, yeah. and I think it's, it's that new normal. So it's like, there's days that it feels okay. And there's days that it doesn't. And then you're pushing mm-hmm. and going, and it's just that dynamic nature that keeps changing. That is so tricky. And then being a practitioner, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to be analyze everything. And like, there is no perfect day. Like, and there's no Whoa. date that will be like, you are going to be better by December 2020. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. one of the hardest pieces that it was for me. And maybe you can say for yourself as well. But oh, yeah. I feel like having that piece of unknown and never knowing, like, am I actually going to get back to 100%? When is that going to happen? And you know, mm-hmm. people telling you like, oh, six months ago, he would have been fine or three months ago. And you get all these dates and people are like, we don't know. And I find that is so hard because we are all about knowing and having that certainty and not knowing yeah. makes it so difficult. And so I found that one thing that really worked for me. And I mean, it's it's a practice, like it's ongoing is really being self-compassionate and being Mm -hmm. kind and loving to yourself. And I found once I was able to acknowledge that I am being so incredibly hard on myself and I know I'm going to have hard days and the amount I progress is going to change week to month to the year. But what I always say is better is better. doesn't matter how better, right? Whether it's over a month, or a few months. And so once I accepted that, okay, this is a long journey and it's not about me going back to my old self. It's about getting this new normal and gradually progressing and not being so fixated on numbers because I know when I reached a year and I mean, you're three years. So I can only imagine how difficult that is. That's again, I haven't experienced to that extent, but I can feel for you because when I hit one year, I was like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. This is way too long from what I would expected. Like I thought in a month I was going to be better and then a few months and then six months. And then after a year, I'm like, okay, I really need to stop looking at the numbers. And I mean, I still, Mm. you know, when it's another month, I think about it sometimes and I'm getting (laughs) better at not being so fixated on numbers, but I think letting go of how long a journey is going to take and just appreciating that better is better, regardless of how long that is. 
that's that's a really good point and i think like that's just such a hard component as you said of concussions because i remember when i got number six uh it was a rear end car collision and uh and i remember i got back from from the hospital because i was in the car with my mom and we're we're back at my parents place and I was lying on the ground and I was like I'm fine I'm fine I know I had to go to the hospital and everything and they said I have a concussion and blah 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 but I'm yeah. fine I'm gonna go back to work tomorrow like this is not gonna be like last time guys like I'm gonna be fine I was straight up denial yeah. and then when it finally clicked when that denial just like crashed I was like okay so we're gonna do this again and then yeah. it's just been of like you you're trying to climb this huge mountain that you don't know where the top is and you're like really trying really hard and then some days you just feel like you're trying so hard but what's the point when is this gonna end is this just gonna be your new normal all the time and that's when you give up and those depressive thoughts like really press down on you which is really hard because I remember I would get warned that you could have depressive symptoms during my first few concussions and you know mm-hmm. there's of course be sad moments when I'd be in a dark room or not be able to go off and do things with friends or when I had to take a break for my undergrad but then there's this whole other depressive feel where you realize you're, you can't do what you normally can do. And I think that one is the hardest because you feel that the most and it's the hardest to, to describe to your loved ones, even though they support you, Mm -hmm. they can tell you're not being your full normal self. And that, you know, if you get together, it's, it tires you down or you're not just able to do your normal. And it's really hard to kind of show them that when it is the invisible injury that we talk about. And now instead of saying to myself, oh, you have a concussion again. Now I tell myself, you have a brain injury. You have a brain injury. It's okay that you can't do that anymore or that <laughs> you don't know if you'll be able to do that anymore. It's it's okay. Like you have to focus on your health. Yeah. You have to focus on your recovery because – just as you said, like when I get so focused on being like, oh, but I used to do this or like if I was normal again, I could do that yeah, or that couldn't hurt my head. Yeah. And I just, I just think that's just a constant spiral that once you learn to stop it, it, it really does help. And finding others like yourself to talk about this, it's like yeah. when someone gets you, <laughs> it just – it makes – it makes me kind of like happy to talk about concussions for once versus when you're talking to somebody and you're explaining your situation, they just instantly feel sorry for you. But when you're talking to somebody who gets it, you're just like, Oh my gosh, did we just become best friends? Cause we're both in huge amounts of pain in the brain. So yeah, no, you're so right. Like it's so true. Um, And we're always our worst critic. Like our Mm -hmm. internal dialogue is, well, one, it's impossible to turn off. Like there's lots of research to say that that's normal. Like that's just how our brains are. But it's a practice to change that talk to positive self-talk. And it's not easy. It sounds easy, but the practice is super hard. And it truly is a grieving process. Like 
going through that whole period where you're you can't do what you used to do and i i have this theory and and some clinicians agree with me that i think people with concussions who are more type a tend to have a harder time with recovery than those that are more type b laissez-faire kind of let things go like generally their personality and i'm 100 percent like type a like crazy agenda. I worked so much. I had so many goals. And it sounds like you're kind of on the same page. As yes. <laughs> and I actually believe that we struggle more because we set up expectations that are just unrealistic and need to yeah. take that step back. And so having someone to talk to, and I found like having my neuropsychologist at the beginning was like so fundamental and key because she was able to really change that thought process and use CBT and all these techniques mm. to help you change that internal dialogue. And like, I struggle to this day. I don't think I'm ever going to be like great, but <laughs> reflecting and knowing that I think is so important just to even start with them. Yeah, I love that. And I, I've, I've heard that type A thing before. I think one one person under my team of helpers had told me like, so we can tell that you're a type A and it's harder for type A. And I'm just like, it's funny because it's not like before all my concussions, I would have been like, yeah, I'm totally type A. And then once you kind of get to this level where you're told like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I totally am type yeah. A. I'm like crazy. I can't do everything on my list and stay uh, perfectly clean and organized. And <laughs> it's such a, such a funny way to kind of have that, that self um, lesson there. So no, for sure. Yeah. Is there any other advice you would like to give to somebody that is going through post-concussion syndrome? Oh, I could like, I have so many tips that I could go through. And if anyone is ever interest, interested, they can always even just reach out to me on my Instagram or email. And I've talked to so many people just how to navigate it because it's so yeah. complex and there's so many things. But one I mentioned already is that mindful self-compassion and giving yourself more love because yeah. you are on a tough journey and you are doing the best you can and your best is your best and that's it. Better is better. And then my, I guess another piece of advice that was very hard for me and kind of goes really well with this whole type A thing is setting boundaries and learning to say no mm. and no is okay. Because yeah. I used to be that person that always liked to say yes. And yeah. when you're in a concussion, it's, it's like this defeatedness that like I can't do anything anymore. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what you can do and you might not know. And you learn the next day once you recover from your flare up or the next week and you mm -hmm. set yourself those boundaries. And if people don't get it, then that's their own fault and they will learn and they were clearly not well aware of it. And that's just part of the nature of this invisible injury. Um, and the mm -hmm. ones that do, you, you sometimes, you know, when you're in and a place that's not great you kind of see who are the people that actually support you the most and I found I don't know I don't know if you can relate to that but that that's cool with that but you know it's okay to say no and I think that yeah. is so important that's that's another really great piece of advice oh my goodness I'm gonna have to make sure that I have you on again because I feel like we could probably talk for hours about swapping stories and advice and, and everything. And I'm so glad that you were able to join us today, Leah. This is um, fabulous. Thank you for, for sharing your story and, and all your advice. No, thank That's awesome. Thank you for having me. I, I'm so happy to share. And I feel like every time I talk about it, it makes me feel better because 
I like it just there's just something internal that I get so much more happier and knowing that others are going to listen to this and also have that same feeling. There's just something yeah. of this community and a positive community, not where we're so fixated on, oh, I'm having all these horrible days, but knowing that things get better and that journey takes long, but there's so many strategies in place. So um, no, I've loved it. It, it was so <laughs> great talking to you. I feel like we're like best friends, literally. I know. Um, <laughs> and I would love to come on again if you ever want to. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Leah, so much for joining us today and sharing your story and very helpful tips. That's it for today's episode. Remember to rest that head of yours, everyone.